Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to watch more analysis of the stocks in this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the market report videos under the Learning Center. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Hello and welcome to this week's Australian Stock Market Report. This week we'll look at why you need to plan for retirement. I'll then get into the market so I can share with you my thoughts on the Australian stock market, where it's heading, along with answering all of your questions and looking at stocks for you. Hello, I'm Dale Gillam, Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within, and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Now before we move on, thank you for showing your support for our channel and hitting that subscribe button. Remember, as you subscribe, click that bell on the right of it so you keep up to date with our latest videos. Also, remember to tune in to our live Australian stock market show every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Time. This is the show where you get to ask us, the stock market education and trading experts, to look at your favourite stocks and answer all of your questions. Now, over many generations, there's been a long-held belief that we need to pay off our mortgage as fast as possible. As a consequence, it was common to find Australians in their 50s and 60s who had done just that. Although it was also common to find they had not planned for retirement, with many reliant on the age pension. But times have changed and property prices have soared over consecutive decades as a result of easier access to credit. Not to mention the marketing hype around property encouraging individuals to borrow to buy bigger homes, pools, new cars, holidays, just to name a few. Now, it's very common to find people in their 50s and indeed in their 60s with significant levels of debt in the years immediately prior to their retirement. So it's no wonder many are nervous about retiring. Now, if we look back at the GFC, many retirees and those close to retirement struggled after their superannuation plummeted as the market fell, with some even having to go back to work to survive. It is now a little more than 10 years on and the coronavirus crash has hit current retirees and those nearing retirement. Once again, many Australians in retirement or close to retirement may be faced with a conundrum of whether to continue working or return to work to survive. Some may even need to sell down their assets if they want to retire. With the concerns and restrictions surrounding the coronavirus expected to continue for quite some time, analysts are predicting residential housing prices will fall in the coming year. We are already seeing a significant increase in vacancy rates in rental properties in major cities as students, expats and others have left Australia. Those in heavy debt and those who are nearing retirement may need to sell their property to pay off their debt and rent, which may push property prices down further. 
While the coronavirus has been devastating, the one thing I hope that changes as we move forward is a reduction in the level of debt in Australia because we cannot continue as we have in the past. As a country, it is important that we keep our debt levels low and plan for retirement earlier rather than later, as we don't know when the next GFC or coronavirus will occur. So what are the best and worst performing sectors last week? Well, the market barely rose last week and six out of the 10 sectors ended up in the green for the week. Materials and communication services were up over 2%. Healthcare was up over 1% whilst industrials, consumer staples and utilities were all up under 1%. The worst sectors include energy and information technology, which were both down over 2%, and financials, well that was down just over 1%. Looking at the ASX top 100 stocks, Newcrest Mining topped the list up 9.53%, Ansel was up 8.13%, whilst Northern Star and Aurora, they were both up over 7% for the week. Now the worst performers include Challenger and a name I always hate to say, Unibol, Rodamco, Westfield, and they were both down over 10%, whilst Insatec Pivot and IWF were down over 9%, whilst Borrell and Zero were down over 8% for the week. So what do I expect in the market moving forward? Well, let's get into the chance of our S&P 500 All Ordinaries Index update for this week. We'll also answer your questions and have a look at the stocks you've chosen for me. Alrighty guys, after some exciting weeks on our marketplace through March and even into April, May's been a real boring month so far because the market's just literally been going sideways and not going up, not going down, not picking a direction. Um, it's a real strange market at this point in time, although that said, I'm still more bearish than I am bullish. Hey, but uh, you've got to put a pick a direction. I always like to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. But let's go and have a look at the charts and I'll give you my thoughts for what I'm thinking the market could do over the next four to eight weeks so you might be able to plan yourself out. So stick my glasses on and have a good look. On the What you're seeing on your screen now is a weekly chart and uh, what we're seeing is that's the all-time high here back in February of 7,289 points. Then we had the big massive fall down to the 23rd of March where it had a low of 4,429 points. Now you can see here, so we have big bar here nice two three big bars right up through to 5,618 points now we've got this one here is also up here just about five points higher it's 5,623 points but really since then since mid-April we've had four weeks of the market really just going sideways because right now the close as you can see there is lower than it was on this bar but it is higher than all of these other bars we only up a couple of points last week but Right now, this is a sign of indecision. If I use my little price measure tool, we can see from the low to the close last week, the market's up 24%. So we can see that. But if we look at the last few weeks, it's a whole different ball game. We're up here. We're looking at 3.58%. So people are still buying in. You're getting a lot of people trying to bottom pick, pick stocks that are cheap. I'm getting a lot of people saying to me, well, if I'm buying for two to five years, Dale, what's the problem if I buy right now? Well, the problem with buying right now is the market could fall away. And if it does fall away, um, I know how you'll be feeling. A lot of people think, oh, I'm buying for two to five years. So they try and use that as a cover all now. It, is there a bad time to invest in the stock market? Well, not really, but there are better times to invest in the stock market, if that makes sense. So whilst I suggest you should always be investing in good stocks, and same with property, there's never a bad time 
to buy property. There's just better times to buy property. So Ross, now is not necessarily a bad time to buy property. You know, we might get better deals in another year or even, you know, 18 months, you know, at least six months. And we're already seeing property prices come down. We're seeing vacancy rates go up. So that's going to push more property prices down, as I mentioned in my report. But looking at the market, where is it actually going to go? Now, right at this point in time, we're seeing the market can't move back up. It's only moved up about a third of what it fell. That shows a market that's not strong. Yeah, if it was a bit stronger and we'd moved up to around about that 6,100, 6,200 point level, I'd be a lot more bullish on it. But if it can't rise back up through these sorts of levels through here, then our market will fall over. Now, if I use my trend arrow tool where I'm showing you where I think now, what we need to do is if this can't get up to sort of these sorts of levels here in the next sort of two to four weeks, probably by mid-June, uh, what we're going to see is the market, if it stays below this sort of level, what we're going to see is a big fall down and it's probably likely to fall below that low of March. Um, and that's what's really, really worrying me. If we get a, if we get a different move, and let's, I'll use my trend arrow again, if we get a move up to there, we might see a little bit of a dip and then another move up and then a final move down somewhere in that sort of shape. Now those prices that you see on the chart are not going to be accurate where the, the, the peaks and troughs of that trend arrow, they're not going to be accurate, so please don't rely on those. But right now, there's two ways the market can go. If it doesn't break upwards um, in the next one, two, four to four weeks, one to, one to four weeks, I should have said it that way, uh, one to four weeks, then we will see a bigger pullback when it does pull back. It will retest that low of March. And, and as you've heard me say many, many, many times, I think at least 80 to 90% of the fall, the overall falls already happened. So therefore, if it does fall away from where it currently is, and it does fall below the low of March, um, then it won't be by much. And that's really what I'm thinking at the moment. So that's my worst case scenario. We also have, uh, you know, to me, it's always better to plan for that worst case scenario. That way you're ready to exit if you need to. So why would you buy stocks now? Uh, there are some really, really good stocks that do go counter cyclical to the market that I don't expect to fall away. Uh, your job as an investor or trader to find those, but just saying, oh, if I buy now for two to five years, what's the big problem? Well, to me, you shouldn't have a, be fully invested right now. You know, it, right now, it's smarter to be only partially invested at most, maybe anywhere between 40 to 50% max. That would be the max that I would go on. Wait for anything that might happen. If it does go up, uh, then you can start buying into some good stocks if it does show it's bullish. If it starts to go down and we start to challenge that March low again, then you're only losing, if you've got, let's say you had $10,000 and you had 10 stocks, but you only, a smart person only had five, for every dollar those five that you hold come down, you're not losing, uh, you're losing half of what that uh, you would normally what, what, what you normally would if you had 10 stocks in that portfolio, if that makes sense. Only having half the stocks means you're only getting, experiencing half the fall in your portfolio. So it's protecting that downside. Uh, if you're not really sure what we're talking about, have a read of my book and uh, it'll tell you all about how we manage portfolios and how I think you should be constructing your portfolio. But let's now get into the questions for this week week. Now, the first question we've got is from a gentleman called Alan who says, Hi Dale, how do you deal with the emotions once you've bought into a stock or stocks 
I feel that although I've followed the rules of your book and chosen conservative stocks, I'm lured to checking how my portfolio performs daily. You're just being normal, mate. That's all that's happened, Alan, is uh, once you get comfortable with the market, you, you stop checking them daily because you realize that daily movements are pretty much irrelevant. If you've got good stocks and you've bought them based on good rules and you have an exit strategy, meaning your stop loss and or an exit strategy, then there's no reason to check them daily. But I do understand when money goes, when you put money onto something, then it really does increase the attention uh, that you put onto that or the energy that you put behind that. So it's very normal for people to buy a stock and just watch it daily and just keep watching it daily. But eventually you'll get bored of doing that because uh, it will just keep going up. If they're good stocks, it'll go up. But uh, always expect stocks will go up and come down because markets just don't go straight linear straight up or markets or stocks don't do that they go up and down up and down up and down that's what's going to happen but you don't want to have your day ruined by you know the market going down one day or your stocks going down one day and then the next day it's up and you've got that sort of heart monitor type of oh, I'm feeling great today I'm feeling poor today because whatever your stocks are doing but really make sure you've got a stop loss that protects your downside let, uh, what your downside risk is let the upside have uh, let the upside go and you'll be making money but uh, just take it easy that's all it is it's just trusting yourself trusting your rules and trusting the market right now the market's a little bit more volatile so i can understand it being a little bit more nervous but great question thank you for that the next one we've got is from maran i think or may run uh, i'm not sure uh, how exactly how you say that but uh, they say hey dale i love your videos i know you said in one of the last videos is that we shouldn't invest in travel and flight stocks at the moment but web looks good to me at the moment could you please give us your opinion on that i've also had a lot of people asking about flight center as well so i thought i'd cover both of those i'll do flight center and webjet i don't buy airline stock simply because of you know, it, anything can happen with an airline stock and you know if talking about oil prices all sorts of things can happen you might get um, a natural disaster in areas or a plane crash or you might get certain other things that could happen that causes airplanes to stop flying for a period of time and obviously their stocks plummeting because they can be quite volatile so that's my thing right now you know nobody's traveling so anything in to do with travel and tourism is is a real struggle at this point in time and we're still seeing announcements coming out by world governments about whether we open up borders i mean australia is talking about which where can we travel internally let alone externally through international now i'm you know i've got business to do in the u.s and, and i'm really keen to get over there and start doing what I need to do over there but I can't at this point in time so I'm just sitting on my hands and I'm sure there's a few other people but I don't know I'm saying to my um, these people on my zoom meetings is this could be 12 months could be two years before I get over there but anyway let's go and have a look at Webjet and Flight Center so um, on your screen I'll just bring up Flight Center now um, sorry on Webjet sorry um, I had it on Webjet so looking at Webjet it does look very bearish now I know a lot of people bought this they made an, an offer uh, where people could buy more of the stock and, uh, and I did get some questions on that and Janine and I generally do not buy corporate actions and people go to me well you said don't buy this we go no we didn't say that um, one a lot of people take things that Janine and I say out of context we said we don't do this sort of stuff 
that that doesn't mean you shouldn't be doing that. And we also said, and I remember saying this, we didn't read the offer document, so you know we can't give you personal advice on what you should do, whether you should buy more or whether you shouldn't buy more. We're just saying we don't generally buy corporate actions because they're generally not something that is beneficial to you, but sometimes they are. And you know, in this point in time, a lot of people took it up, and we can see here the big move right up on this stock, right up to around, what was that price there? It went up to $3.68 but you can see it came right back to close here. Um, and I'll just zoom it up a little bit so you can actually see. But after these three, four weeks, none of those are super, super strong. So the market is not moving forward. It's not saying this stock is great. If they did, it would still be closing right up here. Now, just be careful if it starts to fall over, then it will challenge that. But again, where is Webjet gonna get its money from and revenue from if we can't travel? because obviously people go there to book flights and we've already told us uh, all the airlines are also saying that it's going to be a staged approach coming back out and where the, where they fly and how they fly they're going to be trying to fly the most profitable routes first because obviously the airlines do need to make money and obviously hotels etc also need to make money but webjet doesn't look that exciting to me but let's go and have a look at flight center another company in trouble that obviously they were um, making people redundant and again look at this it just does not look comfortable at all and if i bring up that week chart so I make it sure it's easier again you're not seeing much of a movement down there and it closed lower last week so flight center does not look good here's the low in March and we'll see that low point there coming up at uh, $8.69 you can see that one there is $8.56 so it went lower my guess is things going to go lower again but people are out there trying to bottom pick and catch falling knives and I do have I have had a few people on the chat form saying well you said I was catching a falling knife but I made this much money that the, a few weeks does not make you a great trader or even a great analyst. It just means you could be lucky at this point in time. And uh, if you're not buying and selling on good rules, then you're going to be gambling. And this is why I say to people, just buy my book and you'll learn some rules. If you're really serious about trading, then you really do need to learn. But buying stocks that look bearish and are bearish is not very, very wise. So again, I'd stay out of some of these stocks like Webjet and like Flight Center because you really could be catching a falling knife. Um, and again, I wouldn't use the excuse, well, if I wait, two to five years, I'll be fine, they'll come back. But they may not, they may go broke. We don't know how long this is gonna happen. We don't know what the government's gonna do. We don't know if we're gonna get another outbreak. None of that is guaranteed. And so if we get another outbreak, a large outbreak, then this could go on for another eight months to 10 years, or two years, sorry, not 10 years, I hope not, um, eight months to two years. And uh, and if they're not booking people, they're gonna close down, go into administration um, or go into bankruptcy. But I'm not saying they are now, but I'm just saying if things happen that way, they could do that. Let's get on to the next question. Um, Alex is saying, hi Dale, great show as always. What is your opinion on the so-called experts saying that every time the S&P 500 traces back over 50% during a recession, it's start of a bull run? Um, oh, how do I answer that? Do I use a rule around 50%? Yeah, I do. I use very, very much. It's one of the most profitable rules you can use. But Every time they've dealt that I'm assuming you're meaning S&P 500 in the US, but it just works on any market, any stock, any commodity, anything that's tradable. This, uh, and I won't go into the details of it because you do need to be a trader before you really understand this. But what what is retracing back 50%? That's the first question you've got. And so it's half of whatever it felt. So if the market was at 10,000 points and it fell to 5,000 points, that's what we're talking about there. Or that's what they're talking about there. But how do you know it stopped falling? 
that's the other question and that's what I'm saying at the moment on our market is I don't know whether our market's finished falling in that March low I think it's going to retest it again and that retest could mean it's fallen even further we haven't fallen 50% on our market we fell about I think it was about 38% for memory so we haven't fallen 50% but we could fall 50% and when we do fall 50% if it starts to go bullish then that could be the start of a new bull run so it's a smart question when is 50% and what is it? How do you calculate it? But the next question is then, or when do you buy after it does that? Do you immediately buy or not? When we fell into 87 low, our market fell 50%. When we fell into the GFC low, uh, it was about 52% of the all-time high. So you can see there are two examples where, there, where it did work. Great question. Thank you for asking that because it allowed me to explain a little bit there. But, uh, but don't jump too early. That's really what I'm trying to say here. Um, the next one we got is from Shane who says, Hi Dale and Janine, I have enjoyed watching your YouTube show. Thanks mate. Um, he says, I took a position on Origin, Origin Energy, if I can say that, Origin Energy at $4.73. I've watched it rise since. I'm one of these retail investors with no rules and only started investing again, investing again recently after being burnt by uh, 2008. Yeah, a lot of people did start getting in and that's really what happens with people that get burnt. They stay out for so long and then the bull runs happen and they miss most of the bull run then they jump in at the wrong time. He says, I watched the market fall so hard recently I couldn't resist throwing some cash at some stocks that will go up over the next five to ten years. After buying into Origin on a whim really, they announced the Octopus Energy deal. My question is, what are your thoughts on Origin going forward? Thanks Shane. And again, Five to ten years is is not necessarily a good reason to buy. Right now, the market is a little dangerous if you don't know what you're doing, and that sounds that's the case with you, Shane. Not being rude, but that sounds the case. Um, I would suggest again, if you haven't read my book, buy it, um, accelerate your wealth, get into it. But let's have a look at Origin and uh, give you my thoughts on this stock. So on the screen, you can see Origin here. Now, obviously, you've bought some down here again. This stock hasn't proven. This stock, have a look at this. This is the big low back here in uh, January 2016. It moved up to that high there um, in June 2000. Big moves. And this is interesting here. It's come down into that March low. Um, I'm not saying this is going to go below the March low, but it's not looking super, super strong at this point in time. So I just be careful. Put a stop loss underneath my buy price. You did say you bought it at four, I think it was $4.17. So you would have bought it somewhere in the vicinity around about, oh, gee, somewhere in around, all around about here. So you would have been, that to me, that's a high, 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 high risk place to buy something um, when it's fallen so heavily. So be very, very careful. Um, you don't mention the other stocks you've got, but I just have to keep a stop loss on it at this point in time. Um, stay safe stay safe because we're only going to need some sort of announcement um, or another big outbreak and things are going to go south again so you know and and as I said a little bit earlier you know one to two years if your outlook's two years plus or five to ten years then you really don't want to suffer these big dips you want to be get the big dips over and then come back in that's what we're talking about that 50% uh, rule that we talked about on that last question so please be careful right at this point in time but thanks for sending in your email uh, I really do appreciate it we had some great questions today but for you if you want to send in a question please do that and thanks for watching till the end of this video I do appreciate that but if you do have a question that you'd like me to answer just stick them below in the chat um, and I'll get to answering them remember that here on this channel we do these Monday market reports every single week and we also do 
our live stream on Tuesday nights at 7 to 8 p.m. Also, hit the subscribe button now and remember to click the bell on the right of it so you know when we upload videos and go live. When you do click that subscribe button, we don't know who you are, we can't email you, we can't contact you. All it does is tell you when you open up YouTube that there's another video there from the team at Wealth Within and why wouldn't you want to understand that? So please hit that subscribe button. For now, I'm Dale Gillum. Goodbye, good luck and good trading. Take care. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.